This is Fundraising Radio, and today as a guest speaker, we have Sedil Turbovsky, co-founder and CEO of Open Grants. And this episode, we're really going to focus on financing your startup through grants. I'm going to call this episode Grants 101. So, Sedil, let's kick off by you giving us some background on yourself and on OpenGrants.io. Sure. Um, so thanks for inviting me. Super excited to be on Fundraising Radio. Um, personally, uh, I am a serial entrepreneur, so I was lucky enough to exit one of my first startups. Um, and in the process of doing that, um, I got associated and encountered um, a really cool means of fundraising, which was through grants. So most of you are probably familiar with grant funding as a means of like you know, nonprofits getting money, uh, but the government invests billions every year into innovation and startups. Um, and so uh, in, in the very early uh, days of my career, I actually worked uh, as a management consultancy, helping other companies uh, raise grant funding for larger projects. And then in my first startup, we raised about a half million dollars from the state of California through a grant, uh, which helped us build out our pipeline and ultimately build out a company that was successful and we were able to sell back to some of our strategic partners. So it was an, an exciting, uh, exciting time for us. Um, and so my personal background uh, and association with public funding and working with the government in general, um, all of my companies have been in um, SaaS, enterprise SaaS products for government predominantly, um, just gave me some really unique insights into the process of raising money through grants. And um, in doing that, uh, as, a, as myself and my team looked for the next startup to do, we realized that we could really make it a lot easier and more streamlined to get grant funding um, and to really remove a lot of the barriers to access for startups. So that's what we set out to do with open grants is to really streamline and um, remove barriers to access so that founders can access non-dilutive capital. They can get more money into their companies and give up less equity. Um, so that's what we're all about. And that's great, great statement. Uh, I mean, it's just terrific, I think, that too many people, uh, too many startup founders think of funding as just reaching out to VCs and angel investors, and that's it. And that's exactly what we're trying to fix here on Fundraising Radio. We're trying to show you other ways of raising capital. And first things first, this is Fundraising Radio, so we're talking about fundraising. So let's talk about fundraising for open grants itself. On uh, Crunchbase, it says that you raised about $80,000, but... On our pre-interview call, you said that you just closed uh, another round. How much was it? Uh, how did it go? Can you go a little bit in depth into your own fundraising? Of course, yeah. So Crunchbase isn't all up to date yet. We do have some new interns who are coming on this week. Are going to help us, you know, go back and update a lot of our social profiles and things. Um, so just a few weeks actually ago, right before the pandemic hit, uh, we were lucky enough to close <laughs> our our round of funding. Um, so we raised $750,000 total. Um, and it was uh, it was not as hard as the first time we raised money, that's for sure. Um, but a couple of things, uh, thoughts on just raising venture capital in general. Um, you know, I've always, and I just found out that this is unique. Um, I kind of thought that everyone did it, but ever since my first startup, um, I've always maintained a CRM, a personal CRM, of my network of investors and and business partners and, and connections um, and i've i send out uh pretty frequently i send out personal updates to that network um just in the form of a quick email um very similar to sending out 
uh, investor updates, but I just send out personal updates to that network to keep them engaged and understand where I am in my path of building companies or just general professional development. Um, and so it took us about a year uh, to raise that whole round. Um, we had, oh, I don't know, a couple hundred different meetings. Um, oh, God. And, uh, you know, the first bit of money, the, the 80, 80 grand that we raised to start out um, in kind of pre-seed capital, that was actually just a phone call to a friend who had worked with us before and knew what we were all about and, uh, you know, trusted us as a team. Um, and so he was happy to write a check to help us kick off the company. Um, but the second round was much more uh, substantial, of course. And it certainly required um, just a lot of tenacity. Um, we kept following up, kept taking meetings, pitched. And as we got better and better, uh, ultimately, we were able to secure investment from a st corporate strategic partner and a pure kind of venture capital firm. Um, and so, or, you know, seed stage, but uh, venture. and. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a process for sure. It's definitely a lot of hard work and never as easy as like Silicon Valley would lead you to believe. Um, it's, <laughs> it's not a great process. And and it's one of the things that made us want to build open grants uh, because it is so difficult and time consuming and challenging. Right, right. So here I would like to ask you a reasonable, I think, follow up question on why didn't you try to did you try to raise your own uh, fundraising uh, round for through grants or do you just go straight to VCs and angel investors? Um, so it's a great question. So um, one of the one of the things that we wanted to do um, was to raise some money with some grants. And we are actually in the process of raising some more money with some grant funding. However, um, grants do have limitations. And so while we are looking for some funding to do some very specific things in our development roadmap, um, overall, we needed money to just catapult and move the company forwards. And so, you know, one of the things that I, I bring up frequently with our users um, is that grant funding is great to accomplish certain things. Um, and it is not a it's it's not a fast process, though, and it can frequently distract a company. Um, and so we always advise founders that grant money is good strategic capital and it's non-dilutive. And so that's great. But frequently, it needs to be paired with some other form of capital, either either your revenue or some angel investment in order to get your company to the place it needs to be, because grants are really specific. Like you can't get a grant and then use it for marketing and developing your software. Mm -hmm. You usually can get a grant to, you know, go deep on AI or go deep on machine learning or build like some infrastructure for your company if you're doing something hardware based. Um, it's really good money for very specific purposes, but as an early stage company, you kind of need both. Um, and that's really the thing that we're excited about is we are excited about helping founders find funding to put them in a stronger strategic position so that as they also approach venture capitalists, they're in a, they're in a stronger position to demand better terms or to negotiate better terms at least. Um, and, and it's nice to like, from a venture standpoint, we've, we've found that, the investors we work with are always excited to know that we're utilizing grants because that makes us, you know, savvy um, as well as means that we're going to have more runway, um, which is always good for them. <laughs> right. That makes sense. So you said there are certain limitations. We, I think, all understand that you mean by that, like that there are specific targets that you can spend money on. Often grants are sponsored by governments and government is associated with 
tons and tons of paperwork. In fact, my previous speaker just said that one of her portfolio companies raised money through grants, and then they spent so much money, I mean, not so much money, but so much time following up with the grant issuer that it slowed them down more than it accelerated them. So uh, what do you think is the most reasonable, uh, not the way, but who should apply to grants? To whom is this grant going to be a boost rather than a slowdown? Yeah, this is a great question. So that exact pain point, um, there's kind of three main pain points we address with grant with open grants as our platform. Um, and one of them is simply finding the funding. Another one is applying for the funding. And the last one that people don't always think about is managing it, which can mm -hmm. be terribly burdensome. We we at at uh, at our first startup, we spent probably 20 to 30 percent of the total money that we we were awarded on on managing the grant which is a crazy number um that's you know that's insane and it sounds like this uh this other guest had the same experience with their portfolio company my my advice is um selfishly use open grants um we streamline <laughs> all that so that you can spend so that all you have to do is focus on spending the money so we take care of addressing those pain points and make sure that founders can just use the funding um however um on a in a larger in a larger sense um the thing to do is to be very come into the relationship with open eyes um and so what that means is you know read the contract carefully um i would i think that founders coming out of universities are always kind of more uniquely equipped to deal with grants because a lot of funding in the university is grant-based mm -hmm. so they tend to have an uh, an understanding of the culture um so if i had to say anybody um I would say that founders out of universities are probably like the best suited to raise grant funding. But to be frank, um, yeah, I think, you know, everyone should um, should look at it, especially if you're doing like tech. Um, so if you're doing a dating app, maybe not so much uh, just because <laughs> there's not a lot of funding available for that kind of thing. Definitely. But yeah, if you're working on, you know, uh, working on the next best thing for med tech or you're working on a new material or you're building a better IOT system or, you know, doing something that is, involves heavy or deep tech, um, definitely look at grant funding. Um, especially now there's a ton of money out for people working on coronavirus solutions. Mm -hmm. um, you can apply, there's open solicitations where there's no RFP even issued. You just send in your application and if they think it's going to be awesome and, and really help, they'll fund it, uh, which is pretty cool. It, it sounds really awesome. So. I don't really want to make it a promotional interview of open grants, but I cannot stop myself from thinking about your business model. Can we go a little bit in depth into this? How does this work? So for example, if someone wants to raise uh, money through grants on opengrants.io, how should they do this? Yeah, that's a great question. So we do two things. One is you can get on the platform and for free, you can get connected to funding that is uh, applicable to your company. Um, and you can simply apply yourself. Um, frequently, I mean, a lot of this stuff isn't rocket science. Um, it doesn't require, <clears throat> it really just requires you understanding how to navigate the government and how to follow directions, uh, which sometimes is harder than you think. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's one way. Obviously you can sign in and use our data set for free and find funding and apply and hopefully win the funding and, and, um, and you know, manage it yourself. Um, another another thing you can do is you can get on the platform and if you find some funding, there's a button there. Uh, when you look at a funding opportunity, it says, you know, connect with a grant writer. 
And what we've done is curate some of the best grant writers in their space um, and we'll match them to you. And so something to know is that all grant writing is not the same. Um, there's very technical grant writing work that goes in for certain federal awards and for certain nonprofit awards, it literally might just be like copying and pasting your mission statement into a box and clicking submit. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's, you know, it's it's a huge spectrum of talent and, and skills. So you don't want to just hire any old grant writer. So the second option we have is we'll connect you to one of our curated grant writers and you can hire them up front and um, they'll quote you, you know, it's just like Upwork basically, but specifically for grant writers. And, and these grant writers will be matched to you based on what you're uh, what you're working on. Um, so you know that you'll have a highly competitive proposal because you'll have an expert helping you fill it out and put it together. Um, and so that's um, that's how that transaction works too. Very similar to Upwork, we basically make money on the transaction um, and you, know, you pay the grant writer. Um, the third thing that we have is a really cool program. It's the Open Grants Partner Program. And you do have to apply for it because we do diligence on these uh, on these companies. But if you're successful in your application and get accepted into the program, what we will do is cover all of your grant writing costs up front, um, which means that as a founder, you don't have to pay any money until you get awarded. And when you get awarded, um, what you what we'll do is we'll take the total cost of developing the proposal. Um, so whatever that was, and then we'll we add a premium to it, of course. Um, but what we do is we break that cost out over 12 months. So you don't have to pay us a big chunk of money. You just basically as soon as you get your funding, you you start doing monthly payments to us um, based on like what the total cost of the submission was. Um, and so in that way, we break out, uh, we break that payment up over a year, which means that you can, you know, make it, it's nice and affordable. Um, and our whole goal really with the platform is to empower founders to have access to this great source of non-dilutive capital um, without taking a bunch of money out of your pockets and without, you know, doing anything that would really like Put up a barrier to access um, so we try to make it as streamlined as possible and the, the cool thing about the partner program is if you get accepted in we will also manage the entirety of your your platform so we do have a uh, we have a module um, that within our platform that allows you to manage grant funding as i mentioned earlier and takes care of all that for you um, and what we'll do is for our partners we provide that service for free to our to our companies in our partner program um, and we help them manage their, their grant funding and make sure it's all streamlined and audit proof. Um, so we give them a lot of protection and, and ease of mind um, by letting them use that software. That sounds awesome to be honest and pretty, pretty easy to use. Uh, but anything government related is usually associated, at least for me, with tons and tons of bureaucracy. So I was curious, how long does usually this process of from application to actually receiving a check from a grant, how long does it usually take? Yeah, you're exactly correct. You know, we can do a lot on our side to make the process streamlined, but we still have to deal with the government. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, they don't move super fast. Um, however, one a, a couple things to note is um, I really do want to applaud them on this on this uh, podcast. Um, in this pandemic, they've been very responsive and put out a lot of good and very kind of reassuring communication that they'll continue to release grant money and they'll continue to process applications. So that's something to know. Um, just generally. Um, but overall, uh, typically the process can take from like three to six months, um, to be frank, uh, from submission mm -hmm. to actually getting money in, in the bank. Um, and, and that's just a reality of, of working with bureaucrats. Um, the cool thing about it, though, is once you do get approved, that money is definitely coming. It's, it's a um, 
some of the most reliable contracts in the United States are those that oh, yeah. you have with the government. Um, and so you know that it's on its way and they're not going to like pull out of the deal at the last minute or anything. Um, so that's a pretty good thing uh, about grants is it's very dependable um, influx of capital. That sounds like a really good uh, part of it. Uh, but here I wanted to shift more towards uh, maybe darker side of grant raising and talk a little bit mm -hmm. about common pitfalls that founders make, uh, common mistakes that founders make. Or like course, the yeah. top three mistakes that founders do. Um, uh, yeah, I'd say the, the biggest one is that, um, and, and there's just experiences like this all over, uh, there's frequently people who will spend a lot of time and energy applying for a program and get disqualified because they didn't follow the directions just right. Um, it's just, it's uh, something to note is, you know, you can, um, you can very easily um, not thoroughly read the requirements and, and put in something that just doesn't match. And so that's unfortunate because there's a lot of opportunity and sometimes actual capital cost to preparing for a grant. Um, sometimes, you know, 20 to 30 grand to, to prepare for a grant, um, depending on who you've hired and, and you know, how, how competitive the program is. Um, and so you want to be careful about um, applying and you want to be sure that you're going to put in something that's really competitive. And so um, you want to make sure you follow all the directions, you know, read through the requirements very carefully and, and make sure that um, once you've done, uh, once you've done that, that you have some other people check your work as well. <laughs> um, so I, I'd say that's one of the big ones. Um, and it really, you get a lot of founders who are, disenchanted with the grant world because of that, um, just because it's frequently a lot of effort and then they never get awarded and then they get all upset about it. And when it, when it comes right down to it, um, one of the reasons they don't get awarded frequently is they just didn't follow the directions. Um, and that can be something as little as, hey, this is like the font and margin requirements for these papers. Oh God. You know, and that's how specific it is though, right? Like it's pretty crazy that that's how specific it is, but that is how specific the process can be. So like making sure you use the right font, making sure you use the right margins, making sure your resumes are like in there and in the right format. Um, so there's a lot to it. Um, and frequently um, people underestimate like the requirements. So I'd say that's one. Um, another, uh, another common pitfall for um, founders is simply not reading the contract carefully. So there's two steps basically to getting funded. One is you know, putting in your application and getting getting awarded the funding. And once you've done that, you then have to get under contract with whoever's giving you the grant money because it is it's a sale. It's a contract. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And so frequently founders don't read the contract. Right. And they'll and they'll miss the fact that, you know, a lot of federal contracts, for example, and state ones as well, require very like detailed time tracking of your employees. And sometimes companies simply don't have that mechanism in place, especially startups. Um, right. and so as you mentioned on the call earlier, um, you know, you had mentioned that there was a someone on a call with you who mentioned that they had a portfolio company that just got overwhelmed by the administrative burden. Um, and it's truly, it's truly a burden um, and founders underestimate it all the time. And then it becomes this, this problem um, that they don't, uh, that they don't 
addressed properly and then you can get like audited you might have to give the money back like there's a bunch of bad things that can happen because of that so um read the, read the contracts really carefully understand you know you should have an attorney look at it i you know i know startups um i've been a startup founder i am currently working as a startup founder right and i know how like annoying it can be to like have to go find your attorney and like pay him a bunch of money to look at something but especially a contract with the government have your attorney look at it like i know that we always try to like cut costs especially around legal things and and founders do this all the time when they just read a contract like i think it's good fine um yeah have your attorney look at this stuff they need to (laughs) um (laughs) right there's all kinds of things hidden in there um and not on purpose but just because for lack of it's it's how the government does things so there'll be like terms and conditions in the contract that aren't actually written out in the contract They're, you know, they reference some part of the federal code. And so you actually have to go like read the federal code to understand what's required of you in the contract itself. Um, It can be quite complex. So um, that's the second one. And then this third one, I think really, uh, I mean, I think this might be one of the more important ones. In fact, um, the third pitfall that, you know, we see happen is, you know, founders will frequently <clears throat> get a grant um, because they are chasing money. And it, it may not align all the way with what they're doing. It may be kind of tangential to their mission and process. And then all of a sudden they turn into a company that is like working on this grant instead of working on moving their company forwards. And this is really at the heart of what Open Grants is trying to do. Um, is match founders with the perfect funding opportunity, not just a good one, but the perfect one. Uh, because you can, yeah, sure, you know, say you're doing something in, you know, renewable energy and there's tons of grants for that. Um, and you get one that's like kind of about your technology, but kind of not. <laughs> you may end up working on that because you need uh-huh. money. And hey, I'm the first to say, like, get money any way you can. Like, get money in the door. You need money. You need revenue. You need sales. So do whatever you need to do. But sometimes when founders get desperate for, for cash, they may take a grant on that they really shouldn't. Um, and, and then it's just det- detrimental for everyone. And the point I want to bring up here is twofold. One is don't try to like go into a grant with like bad intentions or intentions of like doing it, but also doing something on the side um, and, and work with the agency. So, you know, these folks that are giving this money out, they want to do they want to do what they they like they have a mission as well and they're on a mission to accomplish like these things that they've put in the grant so work with them they are they're your partner they're not the enemy they're not like someone you should be afraid of you know give them a call when you need when you have questions leverage them as an asset for your company because that's what they really can be um we have great relationships with a lot of the agencies and a lot of people in the agencies that give out you know these grants and I can tell you like they they want to they have as much interest as you in in having you do a good job because if they give you money and you do a bad job it reflects poorly on them so you know work with them if there's problems (laughs) that pop up don't try to hide it don't try to like sweep stuff under the rug like work with them to make sure your grant funded project is a success because at the end of the day that's what they want to have happen as well um they don't want to like end up having to audit you or take back the money because that reflects poorly on them and their process as well. Right. So here, I think we came to the last topic for our discussion. It's using grants as a source of 
uh, funding during the coronavirus outbreak. So now that many investors are trying to just wait till all the dust settles down and just don't invest generally, or all the valuations suddenly drop 30%, uh, grants seem to be more way more attractive than they used to be. So how how should founders approach that right now when it's such a rush and uh, the time required to raise a grant is about three to six months, as you said, but the time expected for a coronavirus to be like at its hardest point is like two, three months. What should they do? Yeah, so there's a couple things to note on this. Um, three to six months is more of like the average time that it would take to put together a good grant proposal, submit it, and then get funding back. Um, there's obviously some great mechanisms that have been released by the by the federal government at this point um, to speed that process along. And so um, I can uh, I can send some of these links potentially, um, or you can simply reach out and sign up on the platform. Um, but there's a few programs, one's called RAPID from uh, the National Science Foundation that um, offer some, um, some mechanisms to kind of move that process along and accelerate it. Um, there's also a lot of uh, there's a lot of great uh, private foundations that are putting money out there in order to do things like build more masks or um, you know accelerate development of technologies to address COVID. Um, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity. Um, I think mm -hmm. the big thing right now that founders are doing is looking at ways. Well, I hope they should be doing this. Uh, <laughs> is looking at ways to optimize their runway, right? Yeah, um, that's something that we're focused on very heavily at Open Grants at the moment. You know, we're looking around <laughs> like, I mean, we're looking at like our tools, right? Like looking at our tool stack saying, oh, can we like kill this monthly subscription? What can we do to like optimize our, our burn? Um, and grants are a great way to do that. And um, what we have found with our platform is that um, frequently people simply just don't understand or know about the, the funding that's out there. Um, we're going to have a case study coming out next week. Um, we we partnered with a group called Chico Start in Northern California, and they 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 signed up, and we've been giving them like I mean they've been I think they found twelve different grants that were perfect for startups on their platform on our platform in the last couple of weeks, and we've gotten like just awesome feedback from them. They're like, oh, this is amazing. We didn't know about this. We're so excited about it. This is perfect for us and our company as we look at ways to address the pandemic and, and to pitch in and to do something good. Um, and so all of that to say that, you know, one of the things the government is not known for is communication. Like they, <laughs> they just do a bad job of it. You know, anyone who's been on a government website can tell you, you know, just like the issues that are there. Um, and especially I think people in tech, right? We kind of live in our own little bubble where everything is streamlined. Like, I think if you got, um, you know, if you talk to the government and ask them if they know what open land is, they probably don't. Um, Certainly like, not. You know, they, they they barely know what they barely know what Slack is. They're just getting around to like <laughs> using things like Salesforce and stuff. So, um, you know, do your I, I, my advice to founders is do your diligence. Um, I don't, I'm not here to shill or sell open grants. I'm here to give information out. Um, open grants is a great place to find grants. That's what we do. Um, <laughs> but you know, G Google, uh, is the other, is the other kind of leading oh, option yeah. out there. Um, Google it. Um, but, but really like look for partners. Like this is a great time. Like people are pulling together and doing things together and, you know, approach, approach these grant givers the same way you should be approaching VCs, which is, we're looking for good partners like these partners will give us capital 
They will give us resources and connections to other people. They'll give us connections to other founders who can help us. Um, this is a time to pull together. And there's a lot of there's a lot of money out there still. Um, the economy hasn't completely cratered. So um, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of money. Right. There's a lot of opportunity to do some really good things right now. So uh, my advice is just to, to get out there and look for it. Um, and obviously, we're here to be a resource. But you know, certainly um, no obligation to come to us. There's definitely other places. Uh, Google being chief among them uh, is a great way to find grants. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with you. But again, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Great. Tons of information. Still. Thanks a lot for that. I really didn't want this episode to sound like a promotional ad for open grants. And I think we managed to do this. But I think that truly, if you're thinking of raising grant, check out Open Grants because I myself will actually go and check it out right now because I didn't really have time before an episode. I'm sorry for that. But it sounds like I'm really curious what's on there. Oh, actually, before we wrap it up, I have just one last question that just keeps bugging me. Um, earlier today, you said that there are only very few grants available for people who are making something like dating apps and i was just like wait are there grants for things like dating apps <laughs> yeah i mean that's a great question i i have to say that i've pretty much seen there's there's grant funding for pretty much everything as long as you know how to tell the story the right way um and that's something important to note like uh grant grants are all about telling stories like the, the reason that like these grant funds exist typically is to do accomplish some mission. And so if the mission happens to be like improving, um, improving, you know, uh, reducing domestic violence potentially or something like that, <laughs> maybe there's maybe there's a dating app that's really safe and has a whole mission about reducing domestic violence or, you know, partner violence or uh, abuse or whatever it might be. And and there's funding for that. Like. Um, I, I, I actually know that Cal OES puts out funding to reduce, like to teach about domestic violence and put in intervention programs to make people safer. Um, so maybe if that's something you're doing, that's, you know, that's the, that's the match. Um, and the, the whole point of what we've developed and, and what I've seen in, in, in this industry is that, you know, there's basically all these people out there who have all this money and they want to accomplish really cool things and startups are really cool and really awesome vehicles to accomplish <laughs> neat stuff. Like we're lean, we're quick, we're innovative. And we Definitely. typically have like our hands into like the very latest around technology and innovation. Oh yeah. And so if that's you, um, we can usually find something, um, you know, that would fund some of the things you're doing. Um, probably not the whole thing, uh, as I said <laughs> earlier, very strategic, of course, but there's usually an opportunity to optimize your runway and spend some non-dilutive capital on building something innovative and interesting. And that's the kind of core premise of our platform is, hey, we can probably find you money. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up. That was a great episode. I absolutely loved it. Thanks to Dale for telling us about all this stuff, because before this, I was sure that grants is just some stuff for research, math, and for universities. That's basically it. Now it's just feels like anyone can be funded through grants and it might be actually a good partnership. So uh, thanks a lot. Tons of great information and have a great weekend. All right. Thanks, Constantine. Appreciate it. We'll talk very soon. Have a good one. 
You really thought it's the end of the episode? Nope, not yet. In these uncertain times when a weird virus is spinning out of control and investors are trying to figure out where to put their money and not to lose it all, I have an answer. Invest in human capital. I will be among the first 10 people to participate in something called human IPO. So shortly about how it works. You can buy futures on my time now when it costs just $100 per hour. And when I become Mark Zuckerberg 2.0 and my time is worth uh, $1,000 per hour, you can sell it or redeem it, either making 10x return or bringing me to your firm as an advisor or speaker for a few hours. My offering is not live yet, so now you can only subscribe to my updates. But please do so and become the first one to buy my time when my offering goes live. To sum it up, in dark days, buy time, not toilet paper, and your money won't be flushed into the toilet. I'll leave a link to my profile on Human IPO in the description of this episode, and thanks again for listening to Fundraising Radio.